episode 12 of But You Don't Look Sick, and today it's all about radiation. Um, I knew from the very beginning, my doctors had told me that radiation was going to be part of my treatment no matter what, simply because they, they reiterated the fact that fighting cancer is three main treatments, chemo, surgery, radiation. And they simply said, because of my age being 30 year, being 30 years old, when I was diagnosed that they wanted to do all three treatments. Um, so I kind of knew going into it that that was the plan. I know for a lot of people, the decision for radiation is usually made after um, surgery and pathology comes back and all of those types of things. But I just kind of knew that we were going to do it. I also kind of knew that I, I wanted to do it because they just kept telling me like the three ways of fighting cancer are chemo, surgery, radiation. So I was like, give me all three. But if you do have lymph node involvement, especially um, after surgery, if pathology comes back that you did have residual cancer in your lymph nodes, then you are going to do radiation. So I kind of knew that that was going to happen. And we had met with the radiology oncologist when we were going through everything with the clinical trial and everything that I had explained in last in the last episode. And so we kind of already knew him. We had this relationship with him. So, you know, he had set a date already because I had seen him so close after my surgery. Most people don't see their radiologist after their mastectomy. That's usually you, you wait a month or you recover and then you see a radiologist. But because I had seen him with all that clinical trial stuff, he had already set a date for radiation. So, you know, then I started to do all of the things to get prepared for that. So he set a date for me, which was going to be, I think it was March 30th was my first radiation treatment, but there's things that you do leading up to that. So before you actually go to your first radiation treatment, you will kind of do, um, like a simulation. So the way that radiation works is they're only radiating they they concentrate on the one area. It's not like they're just doing your entire upper chest. So since my tumor was on my left breast and it was in the upper outer quadrant, we were mainly focusing on that area and the lymph nodes, but they went ahead and like kind of made like a square. So from like the middle of my neck down, um, basically to my rib cage over and up, like they made a square of that part of my body, including my armpit, my arm, all of that. So to do that, you go in and they they have to take all these measurements to see where the lasers would actually hit your skin. So you go in and you do kind of like a mock simulation where they they put you in these little like forms and they kind of just, it's called like the, the mold. And so they, you kind of see exactly how you're going to be positioned and they position you that way. And then they make all of these marks on your body so that they know every single time you come in exactly where you need to be positioned, they can line everything up automatically. So when you do that, you have a couple options. Um, and they didn't even tell me this until later, but when you go in, they'll place all of these little stickers on you to where they would line it up. So you either have the option of keeping those stickers on throughout your duration of radiation, or you can get tattooed. Um, I chose to do the tattoos because the stickers, I had so many stickers. I had a sticker on my neck. I had like four stickers on my breast area. I had a sticker on the side of my rib cage and then in like the middle of my sternum. 
And I was like, I'm not, they're waterproof. They stay on for a very long time. But I was like, I can't, like we were getting to kind of like, you know, it was warming up here in Savannah. I was like, I am not walking around, you know, in short sleeves or anything with all of these blue stickers all over my body. So the woman told me, you know, she said, I noticed you have other tattoos. Would you be willing to get tattooed? And she said, it makes it so much quicker when you lay on the table for radiation, we can just line you up based on those permanent tattoos. I was like, sure, I don't care. I do have a few tattoos. And so what are these little marks? They're just like a, a pen mark. And I have three of them. So um, they just did those little marks on my body and they, they do it right then and there. They just really with a needle and ink, they just, you know, poke you, fill it with the ink. And then that's kind of it. And the tattoos stay. Um, it doesn't hurt at all because you have no feeling in your chest area anyway. So they did those really quickly. And I'm so happy that I had it done because the stickers are very annoying and they're very hard to get off. And the blue, like, marker or ink that they use with the stickers, it stains everything. Like it stained every shirt I wore when I, when they put those stickers on me. So I opted for the tattoos. Um, I know I've talked to a bunch of women who they didn't want to do the tattoos, but honestly you can't see them at all. Like it would look like maybe a freckle if you didn't know that it was a tat, like a radiation tattoo. Um, but I, some people just don't want to be poked one more time or anything like that. And I, I completely understand, but just so that is an option, but they didn't tell me that option like upfront. I thought I had to have these stickers. So if you're going into radiation, you might want to ask about the radiation tattoos. So you do that, you, you get the whole simulation, the mold and everything, and they kind of walk you through what's going to happen each and every time you go in. So I had to do 25 rounds of radiation. So that was five days a week, Monday through Friday for five weeks. And the way that it works is you go in and you lay on this table and you know, you're completely topless. Um, and you have to lift your arms above your head and grab onto these little like poles almost above your head. That is 100% the hardest part because you just had surgery, or in my case, I just had surgery. I could barely lift my arms, you know, close to my head at all. And then all of a sudden I had to reach up behind my head and I had to hold my arms there for a long period of time. That was the part that was really hard because my, it just hurt and you could just feel all the scar tissue pulling in your armpit. Um, that's why the stretching is so important from day one after surgery, just doing the wall stretches, um, physical therapy helps a ton just to, so that you don't get that cording in your armpit and just anywhere your mastectomy, um, super important. So that was something that I really worked on. Once I, once I knew the position I had to get in, I did this simulation about a month before I started radiation. So I knew what I was going into and I knew how much work I had to do to raise my arms like that. So I was stretching constantly, um, after realizing what I had to do for radiation. So you go in, you, you hold the bars and the way that radiation works, you don't, the machine doesn't just turn on and then it just keeps going. Um, they put this little sensor on your stomach and they'll just tape it on and you have to hold your breath. And so you hold your breath and push your stomach out and 
the sensor lines up and turns on the machine. That's how it works. So basically, in order to get the machine to work, you have to be holding your breath. I had no idea about any of this. And so um, I was re- I had radiation. Um, I had, I think it was eight sections, A through H. So I had to hold my breath for a specific amount of time for each section. So we'd start with section A. They would say, you know, take a deep breath in. And you would hold your breath until all of the numbers lined up and then they would let you breathe and then the machine rotates and you go into section B. And so depending on really how long you can hold your breath is basically like how fast you'll get through your session of radiation. And I basically, I remember from day one, I took that as like a challenge. I was like, okay, like I'm just going to hold my damn breath this whole time. And they, they would say, you know, breathe in and you take a deep breath in and you just hold it and you're sitting there like, and you can hear the machine going like chick, 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 and you can hear all of these things moving around you. And you're just kind of like, how long does one hold their breath? Like it's crazy, but you, I don't know, like you just get used to it, I guess. And so they'll go through that with you prior to, so you'll do like a whole simulation of what's going to happen. Um, so that that first day you're just prepared and it goes as quickly and as smoothly as possible. So once I did that, I, like I said, I, that was a month before. So, um, I met with the radiologist. I also met with all of the nurses and they gave me all of the information about like what I can do to start prepping my skin, um, things that I cannot use. And this was like my first introduction into, um, you know, like non-toxic products basically. And they, you know, you can't use any, um, deodorant with aluminum in it. So they tell you to go home and get, you know, an all natural deodorant. Well, they're going to tell you to get either this crystal deodorant or Tom's. And let me just tell you, don't do either of those. I tried both of them and I smelled so bad. I can't, it was ungodly. Like I didn't even know a person could smell this bad. Like I smelled so bad. And I know that your body goes through like semi detox period when you switch from using like an antiperspirant or, um, a, a deodorant with aluminum in it, but this was bad. And so I was like, I remember I went onto Instagram and like put it out there. Like who has used natural deodorant because I smell so bad. got tons of responses. I started trying out all these different natural deodorants before I started, um, radiation because I could just smell myself and it was so bad. Um, I tried all these different ones like Schmitz, Native, um, Kopari. Um, who else did I try? I currently am using Smarty Pits, which I love because it also gives back to breast cancer. Um, but I, I just was like, I need to find something. So they, but when they were telling me all of this, I remember wanting to go home and just clean out my entire house with all these products because they tell you how, you know, you're putting these things on your body and how you're, they, they went into detail about how your body absorbs products and how much product your body actually does absorb like 60%. I mean, it was insane. And they were rattling all these things off. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is crazy. I can't believe I've even been putting these things on my skin. Your, your armpits are the direct pathway to your lymph nodes. And so the fact that I was putting like antiperspirant on with all these different fragrances and all this stuff on my armpits, and then it was going direct. I mean, you can, your, your mind just goes crazy after that. So, um, 
then they give you a list of things to use on your skin. Well, they were telling me to use like Cetaphil and all these other lotions, but all of these lotions contained products or ingredients that they had just told me are bad for me. So it was like this huge contradiction. And so I went home and just started researching products. So what I settled on was a 100% all natural aloe gel that I found off of Amazon and the Kopari coconut melt. And those are the two things that I started using on my skin immediately. I also listed them on my blog, the blog part in my French.com. If you just go in there and search radiation, I have a whole section of like radiation tips. But so I, I started with those two products. I want to say like three weeks to a month before my actual first day of radiation. And I would just lather them on at night and I would lather them on like multiple times during the day. And I would just put like a breathable cotton shirt on and I would just let them soak into my skin. Like, I'm not even kidding when I tell you, I would, I would like put a, a huge, like gooping, like heap of crap on myself at night and I would sleep in it. Um, because I was so afraid of the radiation burn. And I mean, there's some things that are just out of your control, but I kind of felt like if I can just prep my skin as much as humanly possible, I'm going to at least give it a shot. So for those like three weeks before radiation, I was just constantly lathering this stuff on my skin. And Then during this time, you're still also going to Herceptin, um, or I was still going to Herceptin, and that was every three weeks. Um, And once I finished chemo and um, got through like surgery, I was then off of all of the steroids and antibiotics that I had been on to get me through chemo because my skin hated chemo so much. And So then all of a sudden going through Herceptin and I wasn't on any steroids or anything, the Herceptin just started to build up in my system and I started to have this horrible skin reaction to it. And they call it a drug eruption. Um, And at first I just kind of thought it was an allergic reaction. So I told my doctors and they were giving me Benadryl and it would not do anything. And I hate Benadryl anyway. So I was kind of like, please don't make me take that. Then we tried steroid dose packs, all of this stuff. The rash was literally like in my hairline um, and just covered my face, my neck, my chest, all the way probably down to my ribs. And it was this aggressive looking rash. It was these huge red and white bumps. They didn't itch. They hurt. Like they were like sores. And We were trying everything. We were trying creams and all of this kind of stuff. Nothing was working. My doctors were frustrated because they were like, we've never seen anything like this before. Um, So, you know, we're going to send you to a dermatologist. This was all before my radiation. Um, So I got in with the dermatologist and then they tried stuff. They were, um, you know, like, oh, let's do a wash. Let's do a topical cream. Let's do all of these other things. Um, And if that doesn't work, we'll have you come back in. We'll do a biopsy of some of the spots and we'll test those. And then once we get results back from those on the lab, maybe we'll like prescribe something for you. So I, um, we tried all that stuff. Nothing was working. So then I went and had the, um, I had a punch biopsy done on one of the spots. And then I had scrapings done from the other spots and they were testing those while they were testing those. I went and started radiation. So I remember showing up to radiation my first day. Um, you have to take off your shirt and everything. You lay on this cold table. They'll put like a little towel over you, um, like just over your boobs at least. And I had this horrible rash 
and I was still like trying to figure out the natural deodorant thing. So I'm, I go in, I lay on the table, I lift up my arms, I smell myself and I'm just like, this is so embarrassing. Um, and you're laying there with like these, you know, you're, I had my boobs filled completely. Uh, my expanders filled completely before radiation because they want you to do that so that all of the scar tissue and all of the things that happen during radiation, like you, you can't expand during radiation. So you have to be the size that you're going to be, or they'll wait until after radiation and you've healed and then they'll expand you. Um, I wasn't going very big anyway. I think I only had an 180 cc's in each breast. So not big at all. And so I was completely filled already. Um, you go in and your boobs are all weird anyway, cause the tissue expanders aren't round. So you're just, it's just that you're just laying there. Like this is, this is fucking weird. <laughs> Well, then to just add a little bit more weirdness to it, um, the, the, the radiation techs came in and they said, hey, you know, we have a student here. He needs to do like clinical work for this semester of school. Do you mind if he helps assist us during your radiation treatments? And I was like, oh, sure. No, no problem. In walks in like this cute little, and I say cute little, I mean, he was maybe like 19 years old. I don't know, but he just is like this little, little kid to me at least. And, you know, here I, I'm his first, um, breast cancer patient. And here I am with these huge scars with steri strips on these, or I call them, I always call them like robot boobs with this aggressive red rash. And I smelled like a foot. And so I was just like, here, welcome to radiation. And he was so nice and like such a sweet kid. And we, we obviously got like close throughout this 25 rounds. I saw him every day, five days a week for five weeks. Um, so we were able to just make tons of jokes and you do get, you do get surprisingly comfortable with just like, and at that point you are pretty comfortable with just taking off your shirt and everyone looking at your boobs anyway. Um, but so it was, it was just funny. And so you go through that first day of radiation um, and it was like, for me, it was like a little challenge to hold my breath. And when I got done, the radiation guy was like, uh, are you a swimmer? I said, no. And he was like, wow, you can hold your breath for a long time. I really can't. I just think that they're so used to older patients <laughs> where I was like holding my breath, you know, and you hold your breath. I think, I think the longest section for me, I think you had to hold your breath for like 32 seconds. Um, so that was like, but, but I was like struggling to do that, but I'm, you're so bored in that room by yourself and they only talk to you over this microphone. And so I was like, I just had to like, you play these mind games to try and get through all of this shit. And so that was like my thing was, I was like, I am, I am determined to just hold my breath through each one of these sections. And then as the days go on, you you start to get used to it and you can like, I, I knew that like my first section was only 12 seconds. My second section was only like 19 seconds. My third section was only however many seconds. So I knew I could watch the little monitor and I knew exactly how long I had to hold my breath. And so by the end of it, they didn't even have to tell me, okay, breathe, take a breath in, hold it, breathe. Like they didn't even have to do that stuff anymore because I was like, okay, we're on it. I just want to get in here. I want to get out of here. Um, I scheduled my radiations, um, for, I was the first, I was the like earliest patient. So I think my first, um, 
I was like 8 a.m. So I would get there at like 7.50. I would check in. I would change into my gown and then I would be ready. I just wanted to get in there and get out of there. And I had to go there every single day. My doctor's office is 40 something minutes from my house. And so it was like driving there every morning um, was just getting a little old. Um, so while you're going through radiation, it's, you know, super important that you are just like minding your body. I mean, the chemo effects last a lot longer. Once you stop chemo, you're not all of a sudden going to feel great. Like I feel like after round six of chemo, it took months of me to be able to feel somewhat human again. Like you just have lasting results from months and months of getting those drugs put in your body. And then with surgery, your body's trying to recover and then you go right into radiation. Um, Everyone warned me about radiation fatigue. I didn't really start to feel tired until like week three of radiation. And then that's when it kind of hit me. But I wasn't so tired that I couldn't function. I was just really sluggish. Like by three o'clock in the afternoon, I was like done. I just wanted to lay down. I was ready to just not get up for the rest of the day. But I mean, also, I, I kind of feel like that now. And I'm not even getting radiation. That could just be four kids. I just am tired. Um, so I didn't really have any like crazy effects. The other thing was I did not burn through radiation. I don't know why I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that it was like, Oh, because I took care of my skin so well. I think everybody is different. I think the strength of the radiation where you're getting rate. I mean, everybody's plan is completely different. I browned like crazy. Like I looked like I probably, you know, I looked like I had been in a tanning bed for 25 days. Um, I was my, that I just had a square on the left side of my body, um, that was dark, dark Brown, but it was, it did not burn. I didn't peel. I didn't have any of that stuff going on. My skin was very sensitive and it would, you know, after radiation, it would be pink and it would be hot to the touch, but I would immediately get home and I would put on aloe. I would let the aloe soak in and I would come right on top of it with that, um, like coconut, melt oil stuff. Um, and I would, I just constant, just constant. And they check your skin. So, um, once a week I would go in and I would meet with either my radiologist or I would meet with his nurse and they would check my skin, make sure everything was going well. Um, they can, they can prescribe you lots of different things depending on what is happening to your skin. If you need like a more antibiotic, if you need, um, you know, just anything that's going on, they, they, they've seen it all. So it's kind of like, don't feel bad if your skin reacts one way, or if you have, I mean, I've met tons of women and that they've peeled to, you know, like it's almost like third degree burns. Um, you can Google it and you can see images of how bad radiation can be on people's skin. So I didn't complain one freaking time not to my doctor, not to anyone. Cause I was just like, I feel so lucky to not be burning throughout this. I mean, that's just one more thing that you have to deal with. I also had Steri strips completely covering my scars. So the scar under my armpit and then the scar on my breast, um, those were completely covered. So those weren't affected at all during radiation. And I was still seeing my plastic surgeon regularly. He wanted to make sure that he was checking my scars and just to see how my skin was holding up during radiation to see if like what scar tissue was building. Um, he was, he was very hands-on as far as like making sure that 
my it, like my expanders weren't irritating me or anything like that. Um, same with my breast surgeon. He was very, you know, let's check you. Let's make sure that, you know, everything's going well throughout um, radiation as well. I don't know if that's for everyone. Um, I just kind of felt like m- my team of doctors were, were re- very, very much still involved through radiation. Um, so ended radiation and that's kind of it. Once it ends, it ends <laughs> like that. You just kind of go on. Um, and my skin was very sensitive. Uh, I remember at the end of radiation, they put the, they did put little stickers on me cause I had to do specific imaging. Um, and I remember coming home and ripping off one of the stickers and I have, I mean, again, I have no feeling in my chest. So I ripped the sticker off and I took out, took off an entire like section of my skin that just peeled right off. I didn't feel it. Oh, just thinking about it right now makes me a little nauseous. The whole thing just came off and it was like, it was so gross. Um, and so I left the other radiation sticker on for, I think it was on there for like six weeks until it eventually fell off because I was so afraid to peel it off. But that is the level of sensitivity. Your skin is like paper thin from everything. It's like you're, it's just so much trauma to that one area. So I'm telling you, don't wear tight clothing. Um, they also tell you to not wear a bra. I didn't really feel comfortable not wearing a bra. So I just found really soft bralettes. I think my favorite ones were from free people. I went up a size so that nothing was rubbing on, um, nothing was rubbing on my skin. Nothing was rubbing around my rib cage because I was still getting radiation there. So I, and I think I linked those on my blog too, but, um, I just felt like I wanted, I wasn't comfortable just not wearing anything. And I was also like putting so much stuff on my skin that I felt like just, I wanted one more layer. So I did wear a bralette. They said it was fine. Um, I showed them the ones that I got from free people and they were like, yes, these are so soft and breathable. That's fine. Um, so I did wear those throughout. And then once I was done, I was kind of, I was so excited to be done. And if you have expanders, they want you to wait at least six months for the, um, for your skin to heal on the radiated side. So I was in this mindset that, okay, we're not going to reconstruct and we're not going to go in and do any type of, um, expand and we're not going to go in and do any type of, um, implant exchange for months. Well, for whatever reason, of course, this is like just my luck that this shit happens to me. A couple weeks after radiation, I woke up one morning and I looked at my right side. Now this is not the side that was breast cancer involved. My right side, she should be like my good side, right? I woke up and I noticed that my tissue expander was deflated. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, how could this have happened? Nothing happened. Nothing weird happened. Um, So I immediately called my plastic surgeon. It was like a Saturday morning. I called him and I was like, you know, my boob is gone. And he was like, oh, you have a flat tire. And I was like, no, 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 this is not funny. My boob is gone. Like it's gone. There's just this weird robot thing in there now. And he said, okay, you know, um, well, there's nothing can hurt you. It was just filled with saline. So your body just absorbed that. But let's have you come in on Monday and let's, you know, like, let's just see if it was a freak thing. Let's try and fill it back up and see if it happens again. So that Monday, that next Monday I went in, we filled it right back up and I left the office. And by the time I think I got home, it was like, it wasn't completely flat again, but it was pretty deflated. So I called my doctor back and I was like, what, what are we going to do now? Um, 
he had me come back in because the, you know, the tissue expander is hard. It's, and it's sewn into your chest wall. It's very uncomfortable. And there was one part towards the bottom of my right side and it just poked out like of my skin. And it was so annoying. I couldn't wear anything. It was very painful. It was rubbing. And so he said, you know, I, I really don't want to reconstruct you so close to you being done with radiation because there's going to be so much scar tissue that builds up on the right side, he said. But also, you know, we need to go in and we need to take that tissue expander out. So we're going to reconstruct that side. And he, you know, he warned me that I can reconstruct both and then we can see what happens with the left side. Um, you may have a lot of scar tissue build up. You may not. So I was like, whatever. So he called me. So that was, so I saw him on a Monday, told him everything was deflated. I saw him again, um, on a Wednesday, that Wednesday. And then Thursday afternoon, his nurse called me and said, we have an opening for um, the OR tomorrow morning. Do you want to just go ahead and reconstruct? And I was like, what? Shouldn't we have like some pre-op shit? Like what? We're just going to go in there and reconstruct. But crazy enough, I had texted Chris. He was out of town. Um, I said, you know, you're coming home tonight. Do you think we can just do surgery tomorrow morning? And he's like, what in the hell are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? You're just going to go do surgery in the morning. I said, I just want to get this over with. Like, I'm so done. I'm so done with waiting. I'm so done with surgeries and just that next appointment. I said, I just want to finish this chapter of freaking boobs. And so he was like, yeah, I'll be home tonight. Like we can, we'll do it. So called the hospital. They did my like most of my like pre-op stuff over the phone. And then, um, all I had to do was go in and, you know, for like a quick physical to my plastic surgeon, um, the morning that, that next morning before we went to the OR. And then we actually, we went over to the OR together. Um, and that was it. Like, I don't know. I feel like my medical team is really easygoing or maybe I'm just really easygoing. Um, so I'm not, I'm not one to sit here and be like, Oh, we need to prep and plan. And we were, we were so used to doing everything on our own. We had really no help throughout this entire process. So we were just kind of like, yeah, we'll have surgery. Cause my, or told my dad and, um, my mom and, you know, I'm having surgery tomorrow. And my dad's like, I can't, I can't get to you. No, like, can't we reschedule? And I said, no, because next week I have this. And the week after that, the kids have this, like, this is the only day I can do this. And they were so worried, like, well, who, what do you mean? Nobody's going to be with you at the hospital. I said, it's supposedly it's a quick surgery. Um, and it is. And I think I was only, I mean, it's an outpatient. You can go home. I think you can stay if you want. I obviously, if you've listened to past episodes, I do not stay at the hospital very long. And so I went in in the morning. Um, and I think my surgery was like mid afternoon. And I think Chris picked me up from the hospital at like six. So it only took a couple hours. And, um, I had picked out my implants that morning when I saw my doctor, they, he did some marks on me, looked at everything. And he said, okay, you need to pick out your implants. Um, I went with a silicone imprint implant and, um, I don't know. They're like the gummy, like gel. It was so weird. I mean, Chris and I were like tossing implants to each other, um, trying to figure out a size. I was like, that's one thing that is just, is just weird. You're like, the sizing seems so permanent. Um, and you don't know how it's going to fit. You're so used to the freaking robot expanders looking so weird that you're not thinking about like an actual boob. 
I knew I wanted to stay pretty small. I wasn't trying to go very big. And, and my plastic surgeon was very honest with me saying that my skin is very thin and that he didn't, you know, think that a large implant of any kind was going to fit. And so I'm glad that he was more on the conservative side because I wanted to stay more on the conservative side. I was not trying to have anything big. So I was expanded to 180. And then in the doctor's office, you know, he said that more than likely once they take the expander out, they can fit an implant in that's a little bit larger because the expanders are so oddly shaped that they stretch your skin in a weird way. So I said, okay, let's just go with like a 200 um, implant. And then he said, well, we'll we'll do the 200. And he said, I'll bring the 225 just because, um, you know, if – if you can fit a 225 in there, then he won't have to take off extra skin. Um, so he can just sew up my skin back to my original scar and they don't open your entire scar back up. So I kind of wanted to do that method because I wanted my scar to line completely back up. And I also didn't want him to have to make a new scar anywhere. So, um, he brought the, the 200 in and the 225. We ended up going with the 225 because I had leftover skin. So that just kind of sealed everything. My implants are placed under the muscle as well. Um, I didn't do any fat grafting or anything like that. I know that that's options for a lot of people. Um, I know a lot of plastic surgeons will tell you to do some fat grafting just to have a little bit more cushion in there and make it look more natural. Um, For me, I was just kind of like, I don't need it to look any certain way to be completely honest, like when I'm wearing clothing, nobody's going to know what it is anyway. So I don't really care. Um, and I will tell you that when you come out of surgery and you look at your boobs, they are very round. Like they're like, they're just very prominent, (laughs) Um, but the exchange surgery itself was not painful at all. Um, it was like a meek little kitten compared to the mastectomy, at least for me, because I didn't do fat grafting or anything. There was a little bit of pressure, um, but I was like back up and running, um, within like a day or two. So I felt like the exchange surgery for me came at the perfect time. Um, and then I, I wasn't super happy with the, the thought of implants. So even after surgery, I remember telling Chris, like, I don't know if I'm going to keep these things. They're, they're very out there. Like they, and they're not close together. You, you'd be lucky if you got, had cleavage, there's just no tissue or anything in there. So my rib cage is very, um, noticeable, like in between my chest, like in my chest, um, in between my boobs and they're kind of, you know, they're as they're pretty far apart, but there's nothing that you can really do about that. And I know I've talked to a bunch of women who are like, you know, I'm just not super happy with the result. And I can understand that for me, I was just kind of like, I just don't care what they look like. I'm just glad to be done and I'm glad to be alive. So this is what they look like. Um, I do now that we're months out from my exchange surgery, I do have an extreme amount of scar tissue I have. Um, I do have capsular, capsular, I'm capsular contraction on my left side. So there's tons of scar tissue that's built up. It's very uncomfortable. My implant is hard as a rock on the left side. And then on my right side, gravity has just taken over. And that implant is just like free floating. Um, she just moves everywhere. She moves when I lay down, she moves into my armpit. When I stand up, she's right down. Um, 
there's just nothing, you have no tissue. There's nothing to really hold those bad boys in. So you want scar tissue to build up around the implant to kind of create its own little shelf and pocket. But for whatever reason, that did not happen on my right side. So I will probably be going back in to have revisions done um, so that my doctor can go in and clear out that scar tissue, hopefully. It's very uncomfortable. It's very tight. Um, It's just not anything that I think I want to live with long-term. The thought of going back in for another surgery is not very comforting for me. I don't want to do it. But then at the same time, I'm just kind of like, this is uncomfortable. Um, It's uncomfortable to lay down and then have, feel my implant like slide towards my armpit. Um, And so I think my like best piece of advice for anyone that's going to go through all of this is that nothing is going to be perfect. Um, you know, you're going to have to live with some, some imperfections and that's okay. Um, but you, you also have to do what's best for you. And so it's kind of like, if you feel like you need to go in for another surgery or another revision, or if you want to do fat grafting or any of those things, it's again, this whole process is such a personal decision that don't feel like just because it didn't work for one person, it's not going to work for you, or you really should do as much as you want to get the result that you desire. Um, but then also to your comfort level, I have always been in the mindset that if I don't like these things, they're coming out. My plastic surgeon knows that all my doctors know that. Like if I just can't get right with these, um, then they're coming out. I've, you know, they are uncomfortable. It's kind of, um, they don't move a whole lot. They feel very foreign. Um, and so it's, it is an adjustment period, but I told myself I would give myself six months with the implants and see how I felt after that. And then if I still hated them, then I would go back in and just get them taken out. I have somewhat gotten used to them. I'm thinking that, you know, if we can try and make it so it's not so uncomfortable with a revision surgery, um, especially for my left side, because just it's hard to wear a bra, anything that rubs on that side, the scar tissue is super sensitive everywhere that I had drains on my left side. And I had, um, I had three, no, I had four drains on my left side. So, you know, there's just so much scar tissue that's built up that it really is uncomfortable. So if we can't seem to fix that, then, you know, I would just not want to go have these things anymore. But I'm hoping that I'm very hopeful that we could go in, um, with a revision and clear everything out and then maybe get the result that we had hoped for the first time around. Um, I'm definitely not going to be picky. I feel super grateful to even be here right now and to be able to talk about this and share any of this with you. So, um, but I don't want anybody to feel bad for, you know, wanting to go in for revisions or wanting things to be perfect or as perfect as they can be in your own mindset. Um, you know, it's kind of like you've been through all of this. If you can just settle on something, then I say do it. Um, I know a lot of people go back and forth about going in for revisions and it is another surgery and recovery and all of those types of things. But, um, I'm kind of like, I'm going to throw like one more Hail Mary and just see what happens. So that's kind of it for, you know, radiation and surgeries. After my exchange surgery, it was just doing Herceptin every three weeks. And, um, you know, and then once I was done with that, then you're done with active treatment. And even though it seems crazy that they pack all of that into a year, looking back, I'm like, 
where did that year go? At times it seemed like it was never going to end, but it definitely, it definitely goes by a lot faster when you sit back and look at how much you've been through. Um, after you finish radiation is when you will also start hormone therapy. And that is a whole other beast that deserves an episode of its own. So for today, we'll just leave it at that. If you have any questions about radiation, um, please feel free to contact me and hopefully I can answer some or point you in the right direction. There were tons of people that reached out to me during radiation um, on Instagram and companies that had emailed me that make really comfortable you know, radiation garments and bras and all of those kinds of things. So if you have questions like that, um, feel free to contact me and I would love to answer them. But thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week. 